Welcome to Catch the Fire Boulder, where we're more than a church. We're family. Today's message is a continuation of the prophetic training series brought to you by Lane Reading. To find out more information about this podcast or other resources, please go to ctfboulder.com. I, uh, I just want to take a minute um, before we get into some silly stuff, um, which we need. <laughs> um, but I just feel like we need to center ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm aware that for myself and several people that I know that this has been a bit of a crazy week. Um, and there's a scripture that says, you know, let the peace of God guard your hearts and your minds. And your heart is the center of who you are. It's where Christ is. It's that center place. And what a lot of times life and the enemy and everything comes is just yanks us off center. And then we're frazzled and all, nothing makes sense and we're out of whack. And sometimes we have to drag ourselves back to center. Go, Jesus, help. And sometimes we just need his presence to come. And so I know... Um, for many of us, like I said, myself included. Um, so I just want to ask, Dad, that your peace would come. Your peace that surpasses understanding. And that God's our hearts and our minds. And that where we're out of center, and where our minds are out of center, that you just speak your peace over us, Jesus. Your peace that surpasses our understanding. Just help us move back to center. Just drink you in. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Wow. I'm feeling that. Thank you, Dad. All right, so this is the uh, nerdy comedy hour. Did you hear about the one tectonic plate that bumped into the other and said, sorry, it's my fault? (laughs) Did you hear about the neutron that walked into a bar and said, how much for a beer? And the bartender said, for you, no charge. All right, uh, now we have a, uh, from a sponsor, John Ammon. What do you get when you cross a dyslexic agnostic with an insomniac? Someone who stays up all night wondering if there really is a dog. <laughs> Way to go, John. Did you know that there is a biblical cure for diarrhea? Moses was told to take two tablets and head for the hills. (laughs) And this one is for Steve. Did you know you cannot find one cheesy vegan joke? (laughs) All right. Hopefully you rolled your eyes or smiled or went, I need to get Lane some new jokes. We are in this um, session two series that we've been talking about, which, as I've said often, I've kind of drawn an arbitrary line. The focus is on us, how we experience God's communication, how, how we go through that process. So we have tonight's lesson, and then we're going to do one more in dreams, and then we'll be wrapping this this session two kind of up. And then we start going into some other things. As I mentioned, we spoke about how, we, how God wants us to have self-discipline because when we get into that session three level, we start talking about the gift of prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. And that's where we have to have relational you know, um, discipline and understanding and some things. So all that we're talking about is how we have this, 
how, how God wants us to grow in our relationship with him because it's the basis for everything else, okay? And from that, that understanding. Um, so having said that, Dom, are you going to change slides or should I use my phone? Okay, you're going to give me something, so I won't worry at the moment. Okay, we'll just move on. So what I want to do is if you've had some questions, you know, from what I've spoken on that you want to ask, Christy is um, on Facebook, so you can post questions there, and we're going to make time, hopefully tonight, to answer some of them, and we'll, we'll start answering some questions that you have, you know? Sorry? In the chat window, yes. In the chat window on Facebook, if you have any questions, Christy is the moderator. Um, if we don't get to the questions tonight, we'll get a list and we'll start addressing them to try to make this a little more interactive. As some of you know, I sh you know um, Christy is Italian descent. I should be. I talk with my hands. I think if you tied them up behind my back, I wouldn't be able to talk well. Um, but... Again, I keep saying all of these are to start conversations. And it's a little hard to have a conversation if there's no back and forth. So um, Christy's going to be doing that tonight. So if you have questions, please bring them up. Even if it's about previous ones, maybe, you know, we might not address them tonight, but we'll get them and then make some time to, to go through those. Because um, a few people have asked questions and they've been really good and hopefully some of that has brought clarity. So tonight we are jumping into how this becomes practical in our lives. So the, the title is Revelation, Interpretation, and Implementation. Okay, And we've heard these terms before, so this isn't new, but it's laying the foundation because when we get on further to some of these other sessions and getting deeper, it's always based upon how this impacts us. Remember? Hearing from God or experiencing his communication or him touching us is, is an invitation into intimacy and deeper relationship. If we just stop at revelation what happens is that then it just becomes data. It just becomes information. And it doesn't have the context of intimacy and growth and unity and maturity and community. And it, we start going down the track of the divisiveness that we've seen so often. And so, especially as we get into these other sessions, like I said, session the next session will be about prophecy and the spirit of prophecy. And we, we develop more. We go into what happens if God calls you to something and you have the favor of God, but you don't have the favor of leadership. Then you get to a point where you have the favor of God and the favor of leadership. And, and, and so just what does that process look like? Whether God calls you in that way or not, all of these, as we've said, are given to us to help us grow and hold each other accountable. It's not so we have superstars. It's so that we grow up and do what God is asking us to do where we're at. Okay, revelation, interpretation, implementation. So this is about the purposes and heart of God for our life. Okay? So we're on the next slide, whoever's driving. So revelation. This is, there's two aspects, how God is trying to communicate to you, and then we'll get to what God is communicating. The how is, Scripture says, and we go into it in other sessions more, but he uses Scripture, he uses dreams, he uses visions, he uses impressions. It even says dark sayings. There's a whole lot more. I'm just briefing. But these are ways God can speak. Some of you know a while back I woke up with God giving me one word. And I was like, I don't even know what that word was. How do we work through those types of things? This is what tonight is about for us. So, 
the, the point of this is how God is speaking. If, if he's speaking to you in your quiet time through scripture, then note down the scriptures. How often aren't you going through life and you read a scripture or you're reading a book and there's a scripture in a book and it stands out to you? Do you take the time to go to that scripture as we'll talk about? But sometimes we have an impression or a feeling or, or you know, somebody may be praying for us. Hebrews 5.14, it says that God, God is moving or training our senses, sight, smell, touch, taste. And for some, that's very new and it can be weird. It's not meant to be weird. It's not, but I want us, when God moves, to document that. There's times where in my quiet time, God has spoken to me and I felt things physically that weren't there. I know friends who smell things. Write those things down. Capture the experience. Now, you can't capture all of them if you have it a lot, okay? You capture highlights for those. But the major ones, and you know, sometimes you don't even understand, but you just know, wait a minute, this, this is life-changing. My advice is capture, capture that communication. What, what did you smell something? Did you see something? Did you feel something? Did you taste something? Did you hear? Capture all of that. That's the how. It, it may or may not be important. Most times I've found, especially for the critical things, it is important. What I mean by that is I know sometimes people have had experiences that have left them very overwhelmed. And when I've asked them these sensory questions, they go, you know, I was smelling, what was it? Oh, um, cinnamon rolls the whole time. And I said, okay, so you were watching this gory battle, but you were smelling cinnamon roll. God was telling you this wasn't for evil, now, if you were smelling rotten eggs and some stinky things, something else might be going on. It's context. Okay? Now, it, it's important to capture that. It helps give a broader picture and context sometimes. Okay? Again, we're talking about for our own lives. Next, what is God communicating to you? Capture the communication as purely as you can. If somebody gives you a prophetic word, write it down. Literally, write it out. If God is speaking to you, write it out. If it's a scripture, write it out. I remember when I got saved, I had an experience where I heard, because remember, I wasn't a Christian. I come from kind of like a, what would it be? And I was a new age atheist. <laughs> um, and I, it, it, when I got saved, I had this experience where I heard four names and numbers, and I didn't know what they were. I didn't know what a Jeremiah 1-7 was. I mean, what's a Jeremiah 1-7? That is really where I came from. And so I remember the church I got, you know, the youth group, and I went to the pastor. I said, I heard these four names and numbers. What, what is it? And he looked at me. I remember he looked at me. I mean, very lovingly. But, you know, now as you get older, you go, you must be going, oh, Jesus, what have you brought in my house? <laughs> Capture it as purely as you can. Don't. You know, try to suspend your interpretation. We get to that, but just capture the essence. If it was a dream, if it was an insight, if, even if it, it sounds bizarre, or it seems bizarre, just capture that. We've got to get better at that. You see it in the prophets. God says to Jeremiah, what do you see? He says, it goes, what do you see? Well, <laughs> What do you hear? So, write, draw, paint, sing it out, some of you. If you're hearing a song, write it down and sing it. 
I remember somebody said, yeah, God gave me a song. And? What do you mean and? I said, let's hear it. Well, I haven't even sung it. Well, why are you telling me? God gave you a song to sing back to him. Go do that. They came back broken. The power of God moved on them in amazing ways. Sorry, it's a, that whole situation was really, it was a young lady who came out of prostitution. And God gave her a song. It's an invitation to spend ourselves on him more. Yes, that song was for others, eventually, but it was for her and him. If it's a scripture, read it out loud. Remember, this is you and God. Get in your closet. Fortunately, he hasn't given me any songs. <laughs> he lets me hear melodies. <laughs> but if he did, I go, you want to hear a joyful noise? Here it comes. <laughs> There's a reason I'm not on the worship team. <laughs> but this is our intimacy. So when this happens, lean into it more. Don't let it just be information. Now, as we'll get into other places, remember this is about you and God. There are times when he speaks to us and it's bigger and it's more and we need to do other things. Okay, Remember, I'm drawing this arbitrary line. But I want us to establish that most of what's going on is intimacy with us and God. We must have that because otherwise this other stuff you're a cannon in a canoe. Every time God fires that gift, it sinks your life. Because it's too overwhelming, and you don't have support in place. And, you know, I mean, if you don't think, anybody heard of um, that one prophet who called fire down, and all this stuff happens, and he goes, God, I want to die. I'm the only one. Just get me down. You ever heard of Elijah? And then we wonder why that happens in our lives. We must invest more in this. And there's seasons. I mean, come on. When you get married and you have kids, it's like, oh, Jesus, you remember me? I love you. I got another baby. But even there, God meets us. It's learning to listen and be in that time. He understands. He created it. Capture the revelation, whatever it is, okay? Try to keep that pure essence. Okay, next. That was revelation. Oh, sorry, I didn't move the slide. I've got it. So if I don't, please remind me. Interpretation. So now that you've done that, now we get to, what does it mean? Now, sometimes it's obvious. But let's, has God ever told you he loved you? And he only did it once, right? Me too. I'm glad I'm not the only one. You know, it's kind of like that joke, you know, marriage counseling, where the counselor says, so, have you ever, do you tell your wife you loved her? Yeah, I, I said it when we got married. She should know. Uh, I mean, that, you know, is the stereotypical guy. God tells us often why. Because he wants it to sink in at deeper levels and different places. Okay? We need to spend time. At another session, I'm going to go into, when God gives us, Revelation, when he said to Peter, kill and eat, kill and eat, kill and eat, 
Peter goes, I'm a good Jewish boy. And God goes, don't call unclean what I call clean. Go with these two men at your door. Then he gets to Gentiles and the Spirit of God falls. <gasps> then we see in Acts 15. And he's in the council and he talks about, hey, wait a minute, I'm with Paul. God's moving on the Gentiles. And then we get to Galatians and he's a hypocrite. And he has to be rebuked by Paul. Why? Because the revelation didn't change him at a whole different level. This is why I'm talking about it. Because when we get further down, it gets real. God wants us to keep going to him. It says, first in the natural, then in the spiritual. There's layers and, and meanings. You can see this in some of the Disney movies. That's why kids and parents love them, because they're doing two movies at once. The kids are loving what the kids are doing, and we're laughing watching the parents. <laughs> this is what God does at times with us. So these important things that he speaks and communicates to us, we must hold, because I promise you it'll come back up at another time, and it'll take more meaning and deeper significance. It's always the call into his presence to go deeper and to continue to let it change us. Okay. Context is key. Have you been asking God for something? Is he answering a question you've had? What's going on in your life? Now, you may not be able to make a connection, but a lot of times you go, I, I did ask you that. Didn't I? Wow, look at that. I don't want to hear that. <laughs> Am I the only one? Context, context. What just happened? Oh, that's good. All revelation is an invitation to lean into God more. I've said this in the late 80s, early 90s, the prophetic got so out of whack in this popcorn. And it's not that people weren't hearing God, and so many, I think, were sincere. But then it became who could up each other instead of about, okay, God, if God's saying this, what do we do with it? You can't have 50 prophecies a day you know, you're, we've, we've got a building in China and Hong Kong and Honolulu and Mississippi and go to Mars. Uh, at some point, guys, that becomes ridiculous. And then all of a sudden in the early 90s, they went, oh, first apostles. So who wants to be second prophet? We're all apostles now. We've got to watch for that. That is so out of whack. So I'm asking all of us, let's lean into God. Not become hermits. You'll see, we need each other. We need community. But God is asking us to hear him at deeper levels to build stuff. And it takes time to get there. Okay. For the areas you understand, write out what you think it means. God told me he loved me today for the 80th time. Okay, God, I think I'm ready for you to show me where I don't think you love me, I think. <laughs> for the areas you don't understand, write out your question and ask for insight and clarity. Several years ago, we had a guest speaker who gave us as leaders words and the word I got, I've put on the shelf and it remains there. And we'll get into it later. But it made no sense to me whatsoever. What do you do with that? We'll get to it. Remember, you are in charge of your life. And Jesus is your Lord. But he is not going to come and possess you like, you know, we see, you know, with whatever. 
Even in heaven, when he has a council, he goes, hey guys, what do you think we should do? Let's hear some ideas. It says there, and one spirit says, why don't we go and be a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophets for the king, because you want to have him killed. He goes, I like that idea. Do it. I'm behind it. You really think he's going to come in and go, okay, now turn left, keep your head straight. No. He gives us freedom. Why? Because that allows us to show that we love him. We're not automatons. Write down what you don't understand. God is not afraid of questions. Now, in my experience, he's maybe answered about 20% of the why. <laughs> why are you doing this? Sometimes it's quiet. Every now and then I get an answer that I really don't want. Serious. I've had some experiences in my life that have left me absolutely two emotional breakdowns almost. Devastating. Of people in the church that did stuff. And years later, I had the guts to go, God, why did you do that? Expecting to go, Lane, I'm really sorry. You know, you're my son. I love you. That should. He said... Because if you don't let me mold and make you and break you, you'll be worse than they ever were. What? I want the loving Jesus. Where's the meek, mild, sweet, not I'll tell you the truth, Jesus? None of you have heard stuff like that? Now, was it judgmental? There was so much love in it, it actually broke me. It wasn't that he was going, no, 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 I kicked you out. Not at all. Write down your questions. Sometimes it takes a while. Not just, remember the what, the where, the how, the who, the when. Ask those types of questions sometimes. It's important. If, it's scripture, if scriptures were referenced, read them. Refer to scripture for key words, ideas. If, if there's numbers that are repeating, or animals, or pictures, or colors, see if there isn't a theme in scripture. Not just somebody else's book, which are helpful, and I love them, and I use them. But have you been reading in your quiet time and there were certain things that stood out and suddenly this thing comes along. I remember God had been speaking to me about battleships and trains and planes and so and I'm like, I don't get it, God. Then he began explaining it to me. I was like, okay. And then somebody that I least expected came along and gave me a prophetic word and had all those images in it. It so freaked me out. I went, okay, we've known each other 30 years. Are you sure you mean that for me? Like, you know the good, the bad, and the ugly? God uses our context at times. What's your imagery and symbolism? Like, a lot of times people will see crocodiles, but a lot of times we confuse crocodiles for alligators. Alligators represent allegations. God is either telling you somebody's going to talk against you or you had better not talk against them. I remember my daughter, Nisha, she was five or six. She dreamt that these alligator crocodiles, as she said, were swimming around her house. And I went, one was trying to get on the porch and I went out to push it off and it bit my arm off. What did I do with that? I knew immediately God was telling me an allegation was coming and if I try to defend... I was going to lose a limb. I was not allowed to do that. I had given a prophetic word about 18 months before to two men with a key leader, and I said, God is telling me that the two of you are going to become a funnel, and do not do that. I am begging you, the consequences of what you will do will be decimating to you and your families and this church. And they kind of looked at me and I said, nothing's going on, but God is warning me, please. Turned into one of the messiest church splits 
And one of the people were coming, literally showed up two days later at our house, demanding that I take side on a lawsuit. I, I knew. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I wouldn't have anyway, but after my daughter's dream, <laughs> I was like, oh, we just got an exclamation point next to that. I loved them. I didn't talk bad. I went, I'm sorry you're hurt. This is wrong. And, and they were humble because they came to me and said, I know you said this, and I know you said that, but do you know what happened? And I said, I don't know everything, and I know it's all wrong. And there's a lot of sin involved. But 18 months ago, God spoke this for a reason. And I begged him. I said, do not go down this path of thinking you are the justice of God. I'm not saying don't stand up for your rights. I'm not saying roll over. But I said, there's, there's the wrong, you're calling down the wrong fire the wrong heart. And, and I will stop there because I, I don't want to uncover more. But we must take some of this stuff seriously in our own lives. Oftentimes God is speaking. Okay? And, and, and giving us insights. We just don't understand them sometimes. That's why we'll get to community and stuff. But scriptures, there's a lot of stuff about different images and things like that. So let's move on. The application where the rubber hits the road. <laughs> what do you do? Okay. What do you do with what you've interpreted? One. Uh, is application up there. This is where we focus on what God means, is saying, asking, exposing, or directing us in something. Okay? What, what's the action? We got the message. We figured it out. Now what do we do? They are not the same thing. Remember, the focus of this lesson is what we do with what we have for ourselves and our immediate family, okay? In most cases, this process is personal and has to do more with our relationship with God. Why am I hammering this? Because I've seen too often, it, these can be sensitive times for us and it's easier to point the finger. That's so why it says, if you have something against your brother, take the log out of your own eye first. It says, you know, leaders, when, you, when you're confronting someone, make sure you're pure. But <laughs> you're, not, you're not driving an agenda. Okay? When... Let me get back to this. Um, okay, it's personal. When this shifts, meaning when, when we get words of God speaks, okay, this shifts into deeper issues like discipline, doctrine, or changing of direction in our lives. It is vital to include others that you trust and whose input you value in your life. And if you don't have those now, and whoever's watching, Start forming that. Cry out to God for that. I, case in point, this whole thing about, you know, the crocodile. I mean, that was personal to us. But when I had a series, I had two dreams, and I don't only dream much. Um... I don't, long story short, but I had two dreams, and in the dreams, as a family, we were moving in the midst of one of the worst storms, like, you know, hurricane storms in the dream. We were moving, and we moved twice. So I knew what that meant. God was going to ask us to make a change in the midst of massive upheaval. Storms aren't necessarily literal. You can have a storm in your life. 
I would say at least one person in this room, if not more, and several online that I can feel, you had dreams from the beginning of this year or towards the end of last year around like end of the world type stuff. <gasps> and guess what happened? Now, I'm not saying coronavirus is the end of the world, but I am saying God was showing you things. If, come on, if you had been around in World War I, wouldn't that have seemed like the end of the world? And then World War II, I mean, as you've heard me say, we must understand the context. There's layers. So if you had those dreams, please, next time you get them, understand God is warning you about something. And even though you may not understand, just say, God, I'm listening. Last time this happened, is there anything more you want to share with me and show me? And then that community you have that you can trust, you go, hey, is anybody hearing this? Does anybody know what this means? Because as you start asking, it says, knock and the door will open. Ask and this is what we must do. Now, with wisdom, God is teaching us. Some of what we're going through are dress rehearsals. Many of you might remember that I said when we get to the 2020s, we're entering into what God told me would be apostolic exploits. A lot of people got happy. And that's good. But look in Scripture what happens when you have apostolic exploits. Those who've turned the world upside down have come here. <gasps> what I'm saying is we're entering into a time where things are being turned upside down. God is shaking. So whatever is shaking in us, let's say God... Do I need to get rid of it? What are you adjusting? Most, he's asking us to lean into him and take what he's trying to show us and speak to us more seriously without taking ourselves seriously. Remember, he doesn't want to baptize us in, you know, despair and depression. It says Jesus was acquainted with sorrow, not marinated in it. Okay? Okay. So, when it shifts, when you hear something deeper, we might, it's one thing for God to say, I love you. And, you know, and do this at work, or you feel this, or whatever. Those are things we do in our quiet time. But when there's more, then we need more. We need to open up and include. So let's move on. Okay. Interpersonal and corporate. So, how we hear interpersonally and corporately, again, as I say here, will be addressed more fully in other sessions because there's a whole corporate thing that I think as first world, we don't understand that, you know, God, ju God judges a community not just based upon you as an individual. Yes, we go through individual judgment, but there's a corporateness to some of this. And there's an aspect of God there that we don't, grasp at times. Now, judgment, remember, isn't condemnation. This isn't him kicking us in the closet and saying, go to hell. This, is, this isn't right, let's set it straight, okay? It's discipline, and we'll get to some of that later. But the reason for this, meaning that we'll address this later, is that we need to learn how to take responsibility for ourselves, otherwise for ourselves, otherwise we live, oh, I should say, so that we live from true center. If God gives you a word about you and your family and you're married and your spouse disagrees, you can't go on. You have to be in agreement. Even if it's God... You have to wait on timing. But if God is saying, okay, now, I, you know, he speaks to you and there's other people involved. 
That's different. If you don't know how to have this, what we're talking about, centered, then we start moving out of center and it becomes very dangerous and ugly and bloody. If others are mentioned and involved, always treat that part of the word or what God has said to you as an invitation to them. You are not God. And we know that. But when we feel like, and at times our destiny is on the line, and you had better get a grip because if you don't, <laughs> has God ever spoken to us that way? No. I mean, has he spoken to you like that? Come on, and if anyone could, really, it's been 2,100 years, and what are you doing? Has he ever done that? No, he just melts our hearts and says, come, let's get back to the plan. This is why we must have center and take it to him. Our destinies are not dependent on other people. One of the things that blew me away about Bono's testimony on YouTube is one of his band members wasn't even a Christian. And you know they started out as a Christian band. And at one point they thought they were going to separate because he wanted to do more Christian or whatever and wasn't sure. And then he remembered that he had made a commitment to all of them that they would do life together and they would do it together. And I'm probably butchering the story. And so he chose... A different path. You're going to argue right, wrong, it doesn't matter. But you know that all of those people are saved now? <laughs> Most of his songs that have gone through the world have a biblical basis. Now, I'm not saying we are called to do that. Sometimes God says... Okay, you've done enough, move on, I will fulfill this somewhere else. Is it because God didn't know what would happen? No, I don't fully understand that. Sometimes I think he's teaching us. Not sometimes, but you hear my heart. If these other people are engaged, you still have to be convinced yourself so that you live from center. I have seen groups. We've heard God, we've heard God, we've heard God, we've heard God. <gasps> and then nobody individually is listening to God and staying true to what God asked them to do. We must live from that true center. Only from true center can you pray into things and plan together where appropriate. Now, you know I'm all about unity. But I'm not about codependence. You do not need permission to obey God. Period. Now, it is wisdom to reach out to others and go, help me. And people go, I'm not sure that's God now. Or, and hear input and take it. But when we've got to do things together... We've got to do things together. Guy came to Moses and said, I'm done. I'll start with you, a whole new group. What did he do? Thank you, Jesus, I'm sick of him. Well, I mean, they cost him his inheritance. He struck the rock out of anger at them and didn't get into the promised land. Now, he didn't know that at the time. But what did he do? God, please don't do that. Do you see this deeper level God is asking us to move into? Not that we become martyrs. I love him so much, I gave him everything. No, you're sick and dysfunctional. That's not what Moses did. Okay? Again, we get into that more. Never be or become coercive, critical, or judgmental. Doesn't mean to say we don't feel critical. We don't feel judgmental, and we don't want to put a boot somewhere. 
But we don't go there. Now, I think I do it in the next one, but that doesn't mean to say we don't have honest discussions, okay? And we don't talk to each other in love. I really think you're missing God on this. Well, I disagree with you. You're bossy and whatever. Okay, you've heard my opinion. Thank you. We move on. Or, hey, this was the goal. What's going on? Okay, timing. This is the critical one, and this is where I think we struggle the most. Remember, you've heard me say, especially in the prophetic, Jesus said he was coming back soon. In my culture, uh, we need to read, you need to use a different word. Soon is like tomorrow for me. You know, maybe a couple of weeks, a month, maybe a year. 2,000 years? I mean, give me a grip. Really? I don't care if a year is a, th- you know, a day is a thousand years. Come on. You, you, we're human. And many of you feel that way? The issue here is timing. We don't get it. He's not asked my opinion. I, you know my story. I try to pretend to, oh, gee. He goes, really, who am I talking to? I, this is where we struggle and we've got, to, we've, we've got to work in. And I think this is why we need community and we need each other. Trying to make things happen through coercion and manipulation should be a huge warning sign that we are struggling with. A lack of faith, woundedness, boundaries, insecurity, the wrong things. Let it expose us to go to God and go, God, part of me obviously doesn't believe you could do this because I'm not seeing it here. And we hurt in his presence. We don't hurt others in his presence as best as we can. The boundaries, personally, relationally, spiritually, Again, here's where I say, don't confuse or accept open communication. and Don't confuse communication as pressure manipulation and don't accept it as, as pressure. Communicate, talk with each other, and then go to God. And if that's not working, then you really don't want to build with him really anyway, do you? <laughs> I mean, what are you building on? Now, that takes time, and nothing's perfect, and love covers a multitude of sin. But there's got to be open communication. For some, honesty is like, oh, you're trying to manipulate me. No, I just stated the facts. I didn't tell you to do anything. I asked questions. For introverts, it's most times we go... Stop telling me what to do. And for extroverts, it's like, just tell me what you want. <laughs> when you feel that rise up, understand a lot of that could be communication issues. Not your hearts are different. You're both, or groups, are struggling through things. Remember, God is asking us to do something we've never seen. We all have ideas. But if I said, I'll give you everything you need to go build it, okay, um, give me a couple of years. <laughs> okay, enough on that. Let's move on. When to put it on the shelf? When there's confusion. Who's not the author of confusion? God. Now, not everything that's confusing isn't of God. But if you don't know what to do with it, put it on the shelf. And that happens a lot. God woke me up with that word, anachronism. What? And some of you heard me say, you know, I, the, the presence of God was so overwhelming. I was just like, I'm going to lie here all day. I haven't felt this in a while. <laughs> and the Spirit of God said to me, 
put this word in your phone because you'll remember the experience, not the word. And I've literally had to memorize the word. It was like, I couldn't remember it because I didn't know what it meant. I'm beginning to understand it now because he, he was, what he was doing with me is saying, Lane, I want you to see through this lens to understand something else. So things being confusing aren't necessarily bad. Okay? But just put them on the shelf. It can be bad, and I think most of us know the difference. Put it on the shelf. And, and some, you know, sometimes you want it on the front of the shelf, like anachronism. Okay, God, that was a little too dramatic. Okay, what are you doing? When we don't understand all this contradictory input, you, you, somebody gives you something, and you... Uh, what? And you go to you know, your people, and, and somebody says, you know, you need to wear pink, and you need to wear blue, and you need to throw away your shoes, and you need to buy new shoes. Well, okay, this goes on the shelf. <laughs> we have no idea what this one means. Uh, I've had several of those. Later on, I go, oh, now, I, I know how you're telling me this because it makes sense, and right now I want to do that, and you're telling me to do this. Okay, I got it. Case in point, a lady that Sheila and I trust so much, who's very prophetic and an intercessor, in 2006 or seven, she had this experience and she, she saw this giant water bowl with these Asian elephants and all of this stuff. And she goes, I don't know what this is. It makes, you know, we're searching up water and what is it? And so I just kept it. I trust her. I kept it. And in 2015, when I came here and God showed me stuff and, you know, we joined the church, and Steve came to me and said, I want you to go to Thailand with me. And I went, no. You know, we had a house on the, you know, East Coast. We were paying two mortgages. We couldn't sell it. It wasn't that I didn't want to. And I, some of you have heard me, you know, I felt God say to me, if you go, I'll sell your house. And I went, in my culture, that's bribery. <laughs> and I just said, God, I, I just need to know. And I remember taking up my one Bible, and as I opened it, guess what I found? This picture of these Asian elephants. And she had written, I'm not sure if they are from Thailand or from Vietnam. But I see God saying, he wants you to carry water. And at the time we were called, living water. Oh, what do you do with that? Yes, Jesus. Okay. Two or three days into it, our household. Bribery works on me. <laughs> Here's bribery. <laughs> Come on, God. I mean, let's get real. It, it, it. So... Put it on the shelf, not necessarily in a bad way. Okay? I mean, that was 10 years almost. When it's the first time we're hearing something new and or we don't agree, put it on the shelf. Like that word I mentioned, I was given something. No way in my life has God ever spoken to me that. And nowhere in my life has anyone else ever told me that. It's on the shelf. I'm not, I'm not going to try to fulfill a word. I'm trying to obey my father. Remember, be, before this, I taught on the whole Abrahamic series and his journey and how God convinces him. I'm not in rebellion. It's not a once and done and sucks to be you, Lane. Same with all of us. So let's just dial that pressure down. There's grace and mercy <laughs> when we do screw up. And more. Okay, uh, uh, let's try to finish this up. And what do we, how do we know it's from God? Some basic things. It won't contradict scripture. Okay. This is where we need to protect each other, especially as we grow. 
I saw so many people in the late 80s and 90s. God's telling me you're to divorce your husband to your wife and marry me. And that is from the pits of hell, okay? If God ever says something like that, you put it on the shelf and you go, God, forgive me. Uh, and if something ever happens, it confirms it, okay? And in one case that I've heard of, where somebody said that they felt God said they were going to marry someone, they put it on the shelf. They married someone else, they had a long life. His wife died, her husband died, and they met up and they married. Took the word off the shelf. That's what I mean. Not this other stuff, okay? It does not contradict scripture will be based in truth and love, even if it's uncomfortable at first. Will witness with your spirit and your heart and your accountability group, the people you share with, the leaders you share with. We, they might not agree with everything, but they'll go, yeah, th th this is this waiter, this is God, something's going on. Now, there are occasions where everybody may disagree and you know it's God. When it's to do with your own life, you have one or two choices, obey or disobey. I was at a point in my life where it was 2000 or 1999 and I could not get a job. The, the, the peak of the American economy in entire history. And I could not get a job except at a place where you picked up money from ATM machines. And my wife said, if you take this, I'll divorce you because their motto is everybody get home alive and I know what's on your life and you won't. And I went, yes, ma'am. Now what do I do, girl? So I went to my friends. They gave me all counsel. But I just, and I presented... Five years before, I'd had an open vision of doctors and nurses in a hospital. It looked like out of Star Trek. They had these digital things that they were working on. Nothing. That's all he said. And he kept reminding me of that, which was God's way of saying, you need to move in that direction. Everybody disagreed with me. I had to take out, we were one month away from going bankrupt. I took out a loan. I did an 18-month course in just under four months, literally. Sheila and I had 30 minutes a day together. I would go to class all day. I would come home. We'd have dinner. I'd kiss her, and then I'd go to the gym, and I learned to study on the treadmill. That's the only way I could stay awake, and I would study for hours. The day before I was to graduate, I got a job. Everyone in my life at that time told me I shouldn't do that. Now, do I turn around and go, nee, 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 I was right, you were wrong? No, that wasn't their heart. When I say, guys, I appreciate this, but I have to do this, I, I, I had to step out. But that's different. And they walked with me through it. I mean, in the middle of that, God began speaking to me about it turned out to be a church in Australia, and I thought I was losing my mind. And I said, God, I don't have time for this. Every hour, I've got to accomplish this. And I'm doing what you told me to. And, 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 and he wouldn't stop. And I wrote it out. And anyway, long story, that's all in the story. But I get in to take the exam, and I'm freaking out because I have not. And he gives me the answers. I got 100%. The only one I ever got 100% on. And I'm mad because I say, God, I appreciate this, but I have to know how to do this. <laughs> and he said, really, like I didn't know. Which is why I think at another point, you know, when I was administrating the college or whatever, and I landed up Boeing engineers, and that's another story. But it gets real, guys. You know, then part of you is going, maybe God will speak to me again and I don't have to do this crazy week next week. And I can... <laughs> but that wasn't true. Okay. We need each other. Those people helped us. 
They helped. We need friends. They didn't go, well, you didn't listen, sucks to be you. And I didn't go, I landed up being right. So I, I still reach out to them. Does, do you see the difference here? Okay, last one, accountability. Inviting others to speak into our lives helps us to see other perspectives. When we have people we're accountable to and are a part of a team, we grow and mature. I heard somebody say that if you take, if you look at the, some, your, friend, your circle of friends, the wealthiest and the poorest, your income is probably somewhere in the middle. And the blunt thing was, if you want to change, change, not necessarily change your friends like ditch them, increase your sphere. Get around other ideas. Learn and grow. That's just in the business world. Accountability gives us insight into our blind spots and support to walk out of them. Balances strengths and weaknesses and makes us more effective. Helps us not just with transition, but timing. <laughs> okay. Does that make sense? It gets real. I wanted to make it real. Any questions, Christy? that was asked is how can people get your notes oh um what was that <laughs> um that's a good question um how, how can we make those available uh, let me let me get back to them on that I'll, I'll make the the powerpoints available and we can we can definitely you know make those available for people um, anything else? That was it? Okay. Um, let's pray and end. Dad, I thank you for your, your peace. I thank you that you're shaking, you're shifting, and you're asking us to come into your presence because you don't change. We do. So help us as you've turned that heat up, so to speak, in our lives. I thank you for the fact that you want us to be bigger, not less than. And that you're putting in place, God, more of who you are. That your kingdom, God, is more than just food and drink, but it's power and love. There's so much more that you are doing, but this season is about us just being in you. And you're pouring oil over us and healing. And you're taking away some blinders and opening us up more. And Dad, where there is hope deferred that has made the heart sick, because I'm just feeling that so strongly, God, that a desire fulfilled is the tree of life. In Jesus, you are the ultimate tree of life. Your word is yes and amen. In God, where so many things have fallen and died, so many dreams that, that have almost for some become nightmares, I thank you that you're turning this around that you're creating communities and groups and putting people together, God, that can begin to, to build and love differently and, and see your kingdom come, God, so that more people will come to know who you really are in your presence and be changed by you. God, that this, this whole younger generation, God, they don't know you, that they're being tormented by so many things as I've just had people reach out to me 
God, I just ask that you break in. The enemy is overplaying that hand. That you come, God, with dreams and visions as you've done so much through history. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning in with us today. If you would like to find out more about who we are, you can find that at ctfboulder.com. If you haven't already, please make sure to follow us on all of our other social media platforms, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Spotify. We post different content on each platform, and we want you guys to stay as updated as possible. We have so much love for you guys. God bless.